Handy History Teaching Tips, blogs in a conversational style. Handy History Teaching Tips are conversational podcasts designed to help history teachers with tips, examples and ideas about history teaching. Sally Thorne, that's me, is a head of department and senior examiner. Helen Snelson was a head of department and now trains history teachers. Between us, we have more years classroom history teaching experience than we are going to admit here. Both of us regularly write resources and present at conferences. We are proudly history specific and practical in our approach. Our hope is that this podcast will become something of a problem page for history teachers. Think of Helen and I as your agony aunts. If you're wrestling with something particularly tricky and need some help, drop us an email at handyhistoryteachingtips at gmail.com or tweet us. I'm at Mrs Thorne and Helen is at Snelson H. And we will see what we can cook up between us. This conversation is part of the series All Things Saucy, top tips to help students use sources as evidence. And this podcast edition is top tips for emergency year 11 support. Yeah, so uh, the tricky time approaches. So for our last um, episode about sources, we thought we would... um, talk about how you can front load some support into year 11 um, for those students that perhaps haven't um, yeah haven't quite grasped everything they need to about sources yet so some year 11s are starting to panic um, although probably not the ones that need to um, you're looking at your mock results with a slightly sick feeling about that appraisal target and you're googling careers for ex-history teachers at the same time as hacks to help my students pass and we've we've all been there Yeah, I'm amazed by the amount of work teachers put into cramming exam skills and teaching technique to year 11 in the months before their exams. And and always just really, really sad when actually what seems to happen is that the teachers are working harder than a lot of the students. I know that's a sweeping generalisation, but um, it's definitely this case in some cases uh, with some students. Um, And and surely the focus should be on revising the content as well um, and getting to know it as well as possible. But nevertheless, there are some useful source tips we can drop in aren't there yeah definitely you know it's it's absolutely my dream that my students will one day need no prompts to attack the source questions with alacrity but it's not yet my reality um so i can insert some excuses here about new curriculum and non-specialist teachers but really it's you know it's it's always going to be a work in progress um, but i am still quite stubborn about these things and i like to get as close to my ideal of not teaching any exam technique at all as possible yeah, I think that's really helpful as well, Sal, is that, you know, we've been, to, I don't know, God, how much, how many years teaching experience have we got between us? We must be heading to a half century <laughs> yes. quite rapidly. Um, and, and actually, we haven't cracked it. We've never got it right. We've got what we aim to do um, in relation to, to sources and not teaching to the test. But yeah, there are times when you have to just hit it. So yeah. so what do you do to help students who are still struggling with source questions in year 11? Oh, I'm I'm really glad you are. So um, my first tip is to find as many sources as you can that are related to your course. And I don't just mean related to the topics where there are source papers. Um, So I think you need to use sources all the time, all the way through all the units that you're teaching. So they, they really cannot have too much practice. And if you're going to limit the sources to the units where they're on the exam, then there's going to be a large chunk of key stage four where you just don't talk about them at all. Um, So if I use my own school as an example and we teach at Excel, so all my examples are focused on at Excel and we cover medicine and Germany in year 10 um, and the paper two studies um, in year 11. 
Um, so this would mean that we don't really look at sources at all um, after the end of year 10 if I was only going to um, if I was only going to teach source questions or only going to look at sources um, on the source when I'm teaching the source papers. Blimey, and that would just be really bad history teaching as well, yes. wouldn't it? Never to actually bring a source into a, into a lesson for a whole year. Oh, my God. Um, and one way of getting year 11 to access source material, then, I guess, would be to add in regular source questions based on medicine or Germany as starters. Um, um, for Also for homeworks, maybe, or little revision tasks, those uh, five days that are popular could be useful there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my format for, for the five a day has a source question at the top of each sheet. Um, so I do use that. And it's good because it allows me to circle back and regularly reference the topics that we covered in year 10. So I can interrupt that process of forgetting. So that's yeah, I do do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, sometimes I guess you don't want to muddy the waters of a new topic, um, though, by talking about the old. Yeah, no. And there's there's not really masses of crossover and talk about um, a bit of medicine here and there, maybe. But on the whole, it, it just jars a bit to have a starter about Nazi Germany when you're teaching about um, Elizabethan England. So um, instead, I, I use sources from the topics we study in class and um, ask them the same source questions they might see on the exam papers. So what are the source questions like on Edexcel then? Because I've only taught the AQA paper. OK, so there are um, there's one that appears on paper one and paper three, which is how useful are these sources for an inquiry into? Um, and then there's another, which is what can you infer? And there is another one. Um, but these are these are the ones that I come back to again and again that I make them practice over and over. Yeah, so it's similar for AQA. You've got two source questions, essentially, on AQA. You're not, not talking about the in interpretations here, but the, the source questions. Um, one utility of a source, uh, the eight marker on the thematic, um, and another comparing utility of two sources, which is 12 markers on the, the word world, wider world depth and really same sort of thing going on. I think the, the crucial the crucial thing, particularly with that last one, the 12 marker, is to use the sources um, together, to handle them together. Um, they are very much a pair and you're supposed to be used as a pair for a purpose. And that and that's really, 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 really crucial. In fact, something I've always drilled into my GCSE and A-level students is actually not to look at the beginning of the question first because they know what's coming with that. That's just the generic question stem. Yeah. But it's to go straight to the second half of the question because that's where they get the purpose. And I, and I, I don't know whether it's ever made a huge difference over the years, but the results have been good enough. Yes. But I want them to get the topic and the purpose in mind before they get stuck on the utility bit, if, if that makes sense. So so if it's say for understanding something about Magna Carta, I want them to read about the purpose of the question before the generic question stem. So I get mine to read questions back to front. <laughs> a bit ah, weird, but there right. you go. Okay. Yeah, that's mm. a, yeah, I think that that sounds like a really good idea because they just they they just oh, it's the how useful question. I'm just gonna start writing. Well no, it remember that it's always important to think about it with a question in mind, with an with an inquiry in mind. Yeah. And you have to think about it, you know, like it's the, the students that you know, how useful is this in, is this source for an inquiry into um, Nazi propaganda around the, the Olympics? Oh, you know, oh, it's a Nazi propaganda poster. This is not useful because it is biased. Well, OK, you're just wheeling out that generic bias again. Actually, your inquiry is into propaganda and it is propaganda. So it is. Yeah. So yeah. it's really and important it's, to look at. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so there what you really want to nail is the 1936 Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Most important <laughs> yeah, part yeah. of that question. Yeah. 
Um, and I just I find that the students, they really want hacks um, when it comes to exam questions. And I assume they must get them in other subjects because they just expect me to tell them what to write. Um, I don't know whether that's your experience. Yes. And I've never managed to do it effectively for them. And I think they just think I'm being horrid. Yes. But um, but I've always stuck to my guns and said, no, this won't work and just been quite nasty, really. Yeah, I, I really I don't love a writing frame. I've got to be honest. And I. Uh, you know, when we I started teaching the GCSE, I did give them a little framework for how to tackle the the source utility question. Um, but obviously, we were teaching that a little bit blind because we hadn't didn't have a live series, didn't have any papers to look at. And um, once the papers were sat, I realised it just didn't work because sometimes you're going to want them to look at the content. Sometimes the provenance is going to be more important. You know, it just you just never know what's going to what's going to be. Um, the thing that they're going to want to write about and I had to walk back my year my new year my second lot of year 11s um, and say you know I, I know I told you to do this but actually you, ne you need to be a bit more free thinking with it um, so here's here's my second tip and uh, my second tip is that I, I reject the writing frame and I give them only two bits to learn and I go back to them over and over again um, and the first is a phrase that I nicked from Rich Kennett um, which is this is not surprising because or this is surprising because depending on what, what the content of the source is. So he correctly surmised that encouraging students to use this phrase forces them to draw on their own knowledge. So they describe a feature of the source that's relevant to the question and then they add that phrase. And really, it has to be followed up by something students know or it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, cunning. Yeah, cunning. And the second? Uh, well, and the second is, and I know that, you know, I've already talked at length about how I don't really like acronyms in my own teaching. Um, I don't really understand why I'm making students learn something that's not actually historical context. Uh, content sorry but to be fair my first set of year 11s at my current school had been taught loads of them and they did really well so I probably need to get over it and therefore the second thing I do is I give them an acronym um, for provenance and the acronym I teach them is POND so um, POND stands for purpose origin nature and dates and purpose origin and nature they're listed in the edXL mark schemes as the indicators for assessing provenance and I know date is kind of part of origin but I like that it spells a word and a thing so I can put a little picture of a pond on the board and they get it which is really helpful mm. yeah and also I can imagine that for weaker students they know what a date is right away without having to decode it from nature origin yeah etc yeah yeah and it's it's their way in so make it clear when um, I'm teaching it to them that they should probably just choose one and do it well rather than trying to work through all of them and um, you know we've got time to do that in class but um, the time just doesn't allow in the exam for them to to kind of work through all of them um, unless it's you know unless it's fully relevant and really accessible um, but just doing one really well is what I tell them to do. Yeah going back to that acronym thing it's interesting you know because I have used them over the years, but I realise what I've done is I haven't taken anybody else's and I've developed them in the course of the two year course with the class in front of me because uh -huh. different acronyms work for different groups of kids. They just switch on different children. Um, and it's really quite nice when they come up with their own because they've understood it and it's something that works for them as a group. I think maybe that's worth experimenting with. As yeah, well. that's a well. nice idea. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the inference question then? I don't give them any hacks for the inference question at all. I just do as many as possible um, as starters so that we can really nail down the difference between what is known and what is inferred. Mm. Uh, yeah. OK, so you mean, for example, when 
going back to that example of an industrial picture, if they look at an example of an industrial town, if they write about a smoking chimney, then they can see it. So that's just observation. But if they instead say polluting chimney, it's inference. Yeah, I found this. The difference sometimes is a really fine one. Um, and, and I think you're right, Sal, loads and loads of modelling and practice is what cracks that one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know. I love I love using sources anyway. It, it's I don't need much encouragement to put them in, but just making sure that they go into every well as many lessons as possible, whether there's a source on the end exam paper or not, I think is really important. Um, and then so my my final tip um, is to copy Paula Lobo's example, which is again like love her, um, especially in this. Give them multiple choice questions followed up by. Um, source questions where they need to draw on their multiple choice answers so um, as I think I mentioned before so it feels suspiciously like cheating because in an ideal world they're already going to know it but you know reality I need to remind myself of reality um, that if you give them the multiple choice questions first and allow them to draw on the content they're far more likely to recognize the importance of matching the knowledge um, to the question as opposed to just winging it using generic statements that they've picked up in English so those are my tips for for kind of helping year 11 out as they begin their slow panic into the into the exam season yeah and let's try not to buy into it so we need a health tip what's the health tip this week Sal ah right so it's uh it's coming up to February half term you might be thinking about your summer holiday and um it's quite nice I always like to try and and do a little history something as part of my summer holiday so um if you're looking for inspiration um for that then I want you should tune in for us next week because our February special podcast our end of, of term special podcast is going to be about um, history teacher holidays and good places to go and I think we're going to have a special guest Helen which will be really exciting exciting speak to you then then take care thanks Sam thanks okay bye <laughs>